You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. This is the Super Bowl preview and we have a man on the show here. Very, very excited today. I'm Colin as always and uh, DJ, how are you feeling getting ready for this game? Are you, you getting nervous yet? Yeah, Colin, really looking forward to the game if you're listening to it on Friday. Well, there's another few days to the game, but if you're listening to the ga- this podcast just before the game, <laughs> Patriot, Patriot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see these your nerves come Sunday. I'm sure you'll be putting out some tweets and that, but uh, maybe your fingers will be shaking a little bit as you're hitting those keys because it's going to be a lot of pressure coming up with uh, Tom Brady and co. coming up this Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks, of course. I mentioned to DJ on Monday's podcast, we're having another competition this week for the Super Bowl in association with Football America UK. They're on Twitter, at FAmerica UK, and their uh, website is footballamerica.co.uk. They have a great website, they have a store as well, and you can check out all the products they have from cleats to shoulder pads to game balls. Like I mentioned, the game ball we're giving away is up on their site as well. So do check out their website at footballamerica.co.uk and check out the competition we're running this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday on at Overtime Ireland, it's going to be a follow and retweet competition. So if you're already following us, don't worry. But if you aren't following us, follow us, retweet the, the tweet, and uh, that gets you one entry. There's no limit on entries. So you can keep retweeting each tweet. We'll be doing a few out throughout the weekend, and uh, each one counts as an entry. So then you make it drawn out of the hat, win yourself a game ball, and it's uh, a Super Bowl logo and everything on it. So quite a nice prize. Probably couldn't get my hands on this one myself. Uh, but uh, it, it's a nice prize. Uh, thanks again to footballamerica.co.uk for giving us that, and uh, be sure and check out all the products they have up there. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to break down, and on today's show, we're going to be joined by two guests, DJ. One of them, first up, is going to be Russell Baxter. Russell is an NFL historian, an analyst, and uh, does a lot of work in all forms of media. He's a great writer as well, and he writes for the Bleacher Report, among other great websites, and he has his own site, profootballguru.com. So we're going to be talking to him. He's going to start off with the first guest, then we're going to go straight into the interview with Loran McLean. Loran played in the NFL for seven years so far. Didn't have a club last season, but he's hoping to get back into a franchise this year, get a, get signed up on a contract and get doing his stuff again, as we talked about in the interview with him. So we're going to have that there coming up after the interview with Russell and uh, very, very interesting stuff with him. He made the, the Pro Bowl twice as an All-Pro, so best in his position as a fullback in the National Football League for those two years with the Baltimore Ravens. So lots and lots of interesting stuff to talk to him about, including the running back styles in this game and how he, he likes to look at these two guys run with their you know the violent running styles they have. So we're having both of them coming up in just a little moment. DJ is always starting the show, lastwordonsport.com. Our, our partners here, and obviously check out their website, lastwordonsport.com. A lot of stuff up there for Super Bowl preview week this week, and they have all other sports covered as well, like the NBA the, the the baseball and everything covered there so check them out and uh, check them out on twitter it's at last word on sport and they're doing a great job just helping us grow it each and every week like you the listener if it's your first time hitting up the show here please i uh, hope you enjoy thanks for coming along thanks for listening and hopefully you'll hit that subscribe button if you're listening on itunes or whether it's on maybe stitcher tune in whatever you're listening to on hopefully you'll you'll come back again and uh, be here for our super bowl recap next week and hopefully dg will be here for our super bowl recap next week depending on how things go for the new england patriots this weekend but i'm really looking uh, forward to it i wasn't looking forward to the the super bowl all that much since uh, the packers game but starting you know to get a little bit of a 
tinkering to, towards watching the Super Bowl, starting to look forward to it. So we'll be uh, discussing it more in detail, DJ, with myself and you getting your thoughts and opinions, your pick towards the end. No, no guess surprises for who DJ will be picking in this one. But we're going to go straight in now, DJ, to that interview with Russell Baxter, and uh, we're going to go straight in then to the one after it with Laurent McLean. So hopefully you'll enjoy listening to us talk to both of these guys about uh, their thoughts on this game, among other things. So straight into that interview now with Russell Baxter. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. Joining me on the podcast now, it is Russell Baxter. Russell was on with us, I think it was around maybe wildcard weekend last season, so it's, it's been quite a while and we've been trying to get him back on. I uh, really enjoyed having him on the first time around. Great to have you back on again, Russell, and uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Absolutely. I'm just kind of pacing myself, so I figured <laughs> I'd get a year's rest and you know come back with some... Uh, Hopefully meaningful statistics. So. Yeah, uh, for any of the listeners that uh, don't know Russell, Russell, really, you do a bit of everything, Russell. You do everything in the media with uh, the NFL. Um, I, I, re- I refer to myself as a one-trick pony, but I probably refer to myself as a Clydesdale. <laughs> uh, obviously, you're doing a lot of good work for the Bleacher Report and uh, many other sites, and then you know you do a bit of uh, analysis. You, you do historian kind of work in the NFL, and then, of course, you have your own site, Pro Football Guru, which we'll talk about just in a little bit, but we're going to get straight into the, the Super Bowl and your thoughts on the game. Obviously, you know, everyone's talking about it. We're kind of a little bit past the deflate gate controversy after last week. Thankfully, we're starting to talk a little bit about football now with the, the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Just your uh, your thoughts on the game. Uh, how do you think it's going to go? Maybe the, the key game plans for uh, for both teams? Yeah, well, hopefully we're done with all the hot air, be it out of a football <laughs> or out of a running back who doesn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, this has an opportunity, come to be one of the better Super Bowls. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you have one team that's here for a second straight year and another team that seems to make visits all the time. This is the sixth time that the Patriots have been here since 2001. Yeah. Um, they now have been here eight times as a franchise, which ties the record by the, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, so a lot of lineage there. And, and, and Bill Belichick, his sixth appearance as a head coach, Time Don Shula, um, he's also the first head coach to take the same team to the Super Bowl six times. Don Shula took the Colts and the Dolphins uh, to the big game, and of course Tom Brady as well. And, and it's funny because I've gotten a lot of questions this week about legacy of these two teams, and you know uh, New England's legacy uh, you know, continues to grow. I don't know if the Seahawks have a legacy yet. They're just off to a good start. Yeah, they've had a phenomenal start, obviously, and they're they're back at it again this year. The you know really since Russell Wilson's come in, uh, you know Pete Carroll's done a fantastic job with the organization. But um, you you mentioned their legacy, and that's something that I want to talk about. Uh, you know, I know you've done an article on the on the Bleacher Report about players' legacies in this one. I'm going to let that sit just for two or three minutes, and we're going to get into that. But you mentioned there about running backs and hot air. Uh, I asked our other guest on the show uh, he's going to be on a little bit later but I asked him about what he thought about Russell Wilson he's a former fullback in the National Football League and he, he talked about his thoughts and that you know the media usually helps a player and a, a legacy I'm going to ta- ask you about in a minute is going to be Marshawn Lynch's but when you're looking at Marshawn Lynch what's your thoughts on uh, the way he's you know, carrying himself we'll call it uh, the Super Bowl week <laughs> well was it President Teddy Roosevelt who said uh, what did he say walk quietly and carry a big stick. Um, you know, he, he doesn't carry a big stick, but uh, Marshawn Lynch doesn't run quietly either. He, he's one of those guys who likes to let his talking, um, you know, his, his, his running do the talking. Although, you know, it, 
this week has been a little disconcerting because, you know, at the same time, honestly, that you're seeing his reaction with the media, you're also seeing the airing of a commercial that he did yeah. um, as well. So there's kind of a semi-mixed signal in there. No, I think, um, as, I think well. as well, he, uh, you know, he's saying he doesn't want to talk to the media, but it's kind of counterproductive as well because he's getting more media around him each and every day as the Super Bowl week progresses. There's more people wanting right. to hear what he has to say. So maybe if you just give one or two simple answers, you know, it just passes over and nobody. I'm sure there's lots of players in the league who don't want to talk to the media, but they just get on with it and get it done. No, absolutely. And, and I see that point of it as well. And then again, I also see the point that. You know, he's almost insulting some people by doing what he's doing, answering the same question 29 times. I, I would think some of the reporters, after three or four of those responses, would just walk away and say, you know what, this isn't worth it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, this isn't worth it. I'm not trying to give him a pass in the least because I understand there are some people who are not comfortable uh, talking with the media. I mean, we've had the Leon Letts and we've had the Ricky Williams and all that stuff, but this seems to be a little different. Um, in his approach. So I understand both sides of it, um, but I, I think it could be handled much better probably by both parties. And unfortunately, you know, it, it's become one of the storylines of what should be a terrific game between two teams that have played really well for the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you talked about teams playing really well. The Patriots, after three weeks, we thought uh, there's the whole Bel- Belichick-Tom Brady regime was over. Now they're in the Super Bowl with a ph- phenomenal turnaround uh, at the start of the season. There was, you know, mixed games coming out from this, uh, the Seahawks as well, really up into the Percy Harvin trade. Things really turned around then for them after that, and they've been going really, really solid ever since. But just looking at both teams now on the field, um, you know, maybe the Patriots take a bit of encouragement out of the Packers performance in the last game I thought that I'm a Packers fan so I'm still devastated after that loss but I thought for the first basically three and a half quarters the Packers done a great job basically trying to keep Russell Wilson mm-hmm. in the pocket not letting him scramble stopping the run with Marshawn Lynch and then I know I know they have talented wide receivers but they're not household names in Seattle and uh, you know I, I thought that the coverage was good overall I think if you have you know the likes of Darrell Revis picking up wide receivers there uh, in Seattle they should have no trouble from that point of view the key I think is stopping the read option with Russell Wilson and uh, Marshawn Lynch do you think the the Patriots will look at that? Obviously, they'll look at the game that they played, but do you think they'll take elements of that out? And I know Bill Belichick's going to have something big cooked up after two weeks here uh, with the bye week. Well, I, I think the thing to, to keep in mind is one of the biggest reasons that uh, Seattle was able to get back in the Green Bay game was the fact that they never abandoned the running game, no matter how far they were behind. Yeah. And, you know, when you're trailing 16 nothing at the half and you wind up with 59 yards of total offense, in the first 30 minutes of the game, and then wind up the game with 397 yards. So they had well over 300 yards in the second half alone, and they wound up with more rushing attempts and more rushing yards than the Packers, which almost seems bizarre for a team that had, you know, basically a two-touchdown with two-point conversion lead, and yet Seattle never wavered. I mean, they didn't really get so much. They kind of won the game in overtime with the throwing, but they kind of got back into the game with their running game and their and their special teams. And listen, this is a physical New England defense that's different from Seattle's. Uh, obviously, there's a, you know you've got some of the best secondary guys in the league. I mean, the cornerbacks alone with Revis and Browner and Sherman and Maxwell, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. And, and the safeties as well, Cam Chancellor, uh, Earl, uh, Earl Thomas, and of course Devin McCourty. Uh, so, I mean, the secondaries are exceptional, but I think the edge, even though they're ranked higher as in terms of run defense, I think New England's run defense is better able to stop Seattle than the other way around. And, and I'm not going to be surprised if, if Garrett Blunt is a very, very busy guy. 
Yeah, on Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be very interesting to see that. And I've seen some people saying there's going to be a lot of run. And then I've seen people saying that maybe because they've had that week off, Bill Belichick will have something schemed up to try and get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands quick. But, you know, we all know the Seattle you know, defense last year in the Super Bowl that, that there's what they like to stop. They like to try and stop those short underneath crossing routes and so on. So it's going to, it's going to be a fascinating game. And I think we'll know very early on what way the tone's going to go, like we did last year. We knew very early on that it looked like there was no way back for the Denver Broncos. But the Seahawks, on the other hand, they just usually set up you know they say we're going to play defense better than you we're going to try and do our thing on offense running Marshawn Lynch letting Russell Wilson do his thing I can't see Russell Wilson having a game quite as bad as he did for those first three quarters no no I don't think many I don't think many quarterbacks have and you're talking about a guy who who uh threw only seven interceptions in in the regular season and none in the playoff game against Carolina and then served up four I mean in fact those were the only turnovers that he had all year, but the one thing you have to watch about Russell Wilson, which is kind of interesting, is he will put the ball on the carpet. Okay, yeah. now during the regular season, I think even in the playoff game against Carolina, off the top of my head, and maybe there, he has fumbled eleven, twelve, or thirteen times this year. It a fumble too in, in the Packers that, game, but he, but he fumbled not, as well. Well, but here's my point: he's fumbled all those times this year. He hasn't lost one of them. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to. I know a lot has been made of the Patriots not fumbling too much and talking about was it because there's less air in the ball, but you know that that bounce of the ball has gone Russell Wilson's way a lot of times. So it'll be. I'm sure he's hoping right. there's not. Well, listen, Super bowl, this is, these are these are two teams during the regular season that were among the league leader in fewest turnovers. Green Bay and New England had 13, Seattle had 14, and his Super Bowl history will tell you that when you look at the turnover stats in these games, the difference between the winning teams and the losing teams are startling. Yeah. You've had 48 Super Bowl chan- champions, Calm. Uh, they've only turned over the ball 52 times. You've had 48 Super Bowl losers. They've coughed up the ball 151 times. That's a differential of 99. Uh, that's pretty incredible, but it, it's like with even in the regular season, usually who wins the turnover battle, and that's always disappointing for the Packers in the last game too. Won the turnover battle, but uh, lost the game in the end. Just moving on right. now, obviously. Well, I mean, last year, not to interrupt you, but uh, how freakish was that a week and a half ago? Um, and remember, uh, Aaron Rodgers did throw a couple of interceptions, yeah. one in the end zone that, that, that kind of got downplayed yeah. early in the game, but um, how rare was what Seattle did? They were the first playoff team, first team in the playoffs in 32 years to commit five turnovers and win a playoff game. Uh, doesn't make it any easier for Packers fans, I'm sure. But uh... No, 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 they're <laughs> going to be thinking about this for over a year, yeah. so... Last season, obviously, it was an outdoor Super Bowl. We were thinking all about the cold weather, and that thankfully we're not having all that talk this this, this year. But uh, just um, you know, a lot of people last year, the Broncos seemed to be the consensus pick with the media. But at the moment, uh, it seems at the moment that the the consensus is going with the Seahawks over the Patriots. Uh, are you surprised at uh, that there, or is it just obviously returning Super Bowl champions and people are looking at that roster from top to bottom and thinking it's a stronger roster overall than the Patriots? Well, I think this is an this is the intrigue. Last year, I think a lot of people weren't necessarily looking at Denver versus Seattle. I think they were looking at Peyton Manning yeah. versus Seattle, and that's what a lot of people thought. This is really the Patriots versus the Seahawks, and I think this is going to go back and forth. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was just a flip-your-coin game by the time it, it goes, because you do have a, champ, a defending champion who at times has looked amazing. They've won eight games in a row. Their defense has been terrific. But you're also talking about a franchise that was just in the Super Bowl Three, uh, I'm sorry, uh, three years ago, and in the Super Bowl four years before that. Um, and, you know, they, they keep on making frequent visits. They're in the playoffs all the time. They're a very seasoned team. 
Um, so, I mean, you don't get these kind of Super Bowl matchups that often. You know, you more get kind of get these, you know, these kind of championship matchups in the other sports. Yeah. You know, in, in, in this, you know, you think about just the, the, the previous Super Bowls before this. You had New Orleans and Indy. You had Pittsburgh and Green Bay. You had the Giants and New England. You had um, Baltimore, San Francisco, and then Denver, Seattle. See, they're all different teams. Yeah. Okay, and now New England comes back three years later. Seattle comes back after a year. That's what I think will make for an interesting game. Also, uh, you're mentioned there, like obviously the Patriots have made it a number of times. Just want to talk a bit about legacies. You've done an article on the Bleacher Report, uh, read it. Very, very fascinating stuff. You went through a lot of the stats. But just to, to finish up, uh, Tom Brady obviously going into this. A lot of people obviously put him in that top echelon of all-time quarterbacks. But another ring here, another win after being written off once again. What, where would that there put his? Do you think, you know, win or loss this week? The win obviously maybe no, elevates him a bit, but the loss, do you think the loss takes anything away on it? No, I, no, I, I think he, I think his status can really only go up. I, I, you know, I think sometimes we make too much about the quarterback wins the game or the quarterback loses the game. And, uh, you know, for, listen, the, the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, um, they all have their own legacy. And, they, and, and it's different from the Seattle Seahawks because they've just kind of gotten started. There is no real legacy talk. As I said in the piece, it almost seems silly to talk about Richard Sherman. It almost seems silly to talk about Russell Wilson. You probably had more of a case in terms of a legacy player to talk about Marshawn Lynch, okay, because he's been in the playoffs um, ever since he joined Seattle yeah. with the exception of 2011. Remember the Beast Mode run in yeah. 2010? You know, he, he predates Russell Wilson, okay? So, um, you know, that's, that, that's a little different. Yeah. So and and you look. Keep in mind that Marshawn Lynch has played in nine playoff games, and he's been well over a hundred yards in five of them. You know that's that's the makings of a legacy. Well, you know the jury is still out on the Seahawks. If they repeat, like I said, they they're off to a good start. You know, in a couple of years they win three in a row, which no one's ever done in the Super Bowl era. Then we really got something to talk about. You mentioned there, Marshawn Lynch. I mentioned about possibly not talking to the media and that hurting you know his reputation. That, but you know, if he goes this year and wins another uh, a Super Bowl. You know, he, he's been a major contributor. I know, obviously, talk about Russell Wilson, talk about the management and that, but the whole thing is nearly built on him and the defense and how good he's been since he came up. Uh, if he won that, do you think he starts to be talked about as a possible future Hall of Famer? Um, you know, with running backs, you've got to start looking at, you know, with any Hall of Famer, to be honest with you, you've got to really look at longevity. Yeah. And uh, listen, he had good years with the Buffalo Bills and it's still mystifying as to why they chose to get rid of him. And maybe... Maybe it was for the reasons that some people think, you know, lack of communication and all that. In any case, he has thrived in Seattle. Um, and, you know, it, it, you've got, for a Hall of Fame career for a running back, you, you have to be talking serious longevity. You've got to be somewhere over the 10,000-yard mark in terms of rushing. I mean, whether, the, whether these are fair or not, um, you know, but with Marshawn, the advantage he kind of has is the fact that he's been very, very good in the postseason. Now, I'm not talking about wins or losses, but just his production in the postseason. You know, again, five 100-yard rushing games at a nine. And, and a lot of them are not like 101 or 107. I mean, it's like 120, 130, 140. So, uh, you know, he's nine playoff games. I think he's over 800 yards rushing yeah. uh, in, in his career. So um, you, you kind of balance those things out. I think we get too caught up also in the fact that you know, the Hall of Fame isn't really looking for wins and losses in terms of players, be it quarterbacks or running back. They're looking at the contribution to the team. I mean, there have been Hall of Fame classes in the last couple of years 
you know, six or seven guys. None of them had Super Bowl rings. None of them had championship rings. Again, the Hall of Fame is more of an individual award. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Just uh, talking of uh, Hall of Famers, Bill Belichick, again, same as Tom Brady, won or lost this week. Uh, obviously, a win puts him maybe a little bit higher again. But uh, I, I, would, you know I would guess that their busts are already being carved. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you mentioned it a bit early to talk about the, the Seattle Seahawks uh, and Richard Sherman on his own, but what about this defense over the last three years? Possibly if it, another Super Bowl and another big performance has to go as uh, one of the all-time great defenses over that maybe span of two or three years and what they've done? Well, uh, see, I, I look at the fact that it, I don't think they have to win a Super Bowl to be qualified as one of the great defenses. I, I think they've already done that. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, they're uh, the first so team... First team in more than forty years allow the fewest points in the league three straight years. It's now we give up more points than we used to, but they've still achieved that. I mean, the, the last time we saw those was nineteen sixty nine, seventy, and seventy one Minnesota Vikings. There's a so, different, I mean, different league back away, then. Right, exactly. That's quite an accomplishment. So I don't think it has to do with the fact that you, you win or lose. Again, you know, it, it, you know what? What if they, for example, what if they lose the game twelve to ten? And don't give up a touchdown. <laughs> I probably that score still, a touchdown does that diminish? On does that diminish? Does that diminish their defense? No, no. Exactly. So I think again, well, you know, and I know there's a lot of different people who think this way. It's all about wins and losses and so on, and it really isn't. Um, you have to look at the whole body of work, and again, it can't be too short of a body of work. But listen, again, three straight years of doing what they're doing and hasn't been done in more than four decades. I mean, that's certainly eye-opening. And just to finish up now, I'm going to put you on the spot, uh, Super Bowl prediction. Oh, you're not putting me on the spot. I put this <laughs> prediction out a week and a half ago. Um, the uh, you know, when the Patriots when the Patriots win Super Bowl, sir, they win by three, and I think they'll win. And I think LeGarrette Blunt will be the MVP. I think he will pound uh, on that Seattle defense. I think he will limit the possessions of the Seahawks. Uh, but Bill Belichick will have to concern himself with the Seattle running game, but maybe not as often as he thinks he does, 26-23 um, uh, New England Patriots. It's going to be pretty incredible if he ends up in the Super Bowl MVP after getting getting cut by the Steelers early in the season. That'll be quite a comeback. Well, getting cut, I mean, it was funny, getting cut and yet at the same time walking off, walking off the team uh, like he did on that Monday night. So, I mean, there's a lot of circumstances uh, that went on there and so on. But, I mean, it's kind of bizarre if you think about it because remember how Garrett Blunt started the, the year? He was an unrestricted free agent yeah. that the Patriots chose not to resign. He, he then goes to Pittsburgh. He, he signs with them. Uh, they had that, Him and Le'Veon Bell had that little off-season thing with the marijuana and so <laughs> on. And then all of a sudden Le'Veon Bell becomes, you know, one of the better players in the league this yeah. past year. I mean, second year... Uh, and apparently that didn't sit well. And there was the Monday night game against Tennessee in which he, you know, kind of exited the field, and that was that. And he wound up back in New England. It would be amazing, you know, after after that that he, you know, he walks away from Pittsburgh and walks then walks away with a Super Bowl title. Yeah, and not only a Super Bowl title, you're predicting the MVP, so that'll be that'll be a big turnaround. Uh, just you know, before, someone's got to be the MVP, yeah, right? Yeah, just anybody before, can pick Tom Brady or Russell Wilson. Yeah, well, that's that's usually the obvious one. But just before we finish up, obviously you're on Twitter, Russell. It's at Bax Football Guru, which is B A X Football G U R U. Your website as well, ProFootballGuru.com. Is there anything just before we finish up while you're on that you'd like to give a, a quick shout out for a plug? For? No, just keep the, keep an eye on the Bleacher Report. And I do a lot of work with NFL Spin Zone uh, as well, End Zone Score. You know, but, but if you follow me on Twitter, I'll guide you everywhere. If you're on Facebook, by the way, we have a Pro Football Guru page, 
um, you know, which you can like. And uh, if you want a ProFootballGuru.com t-shirt, we got those for sale as well. Yeah, and obviously, uh, as I mentioned there, at Backs Football Guru, he keeps you up to date with all the articles and stuff he's got going on. So thanks as always, Russell, for coming on to the show. And hopefully this time we uh, we don't wait over a year to get you back on. Hopefully we get you on a little no, bit. No, well, don't make sure it's not two years. So, <laughs> so uh, thanks very much as always, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the Super Bowl this Sunday. You too. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. Joining me on the podcast now is Laurent McLean. Laurent played in the NFL for over seven seasons at fullback, who went to the Pro Bowl twice as an All-Pro and uh, had quite a distinguished career in the in the line of fullback play. Um, Laurent, uh, thanks for taking time to talk to us. Oh, no problem, man. No problem, man. How you doing today? Yeah, doing very good. Um, you know, uh, you were drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the, the fourth round of the uh, 2007 draft, and you know, you went you went uh, in the fourth round. It's something maybe we don't see as much with fullbacks now as we're going later and later in the rounds with the, in the NFL draft. But did you expect that year to go uh, as high as you did, or did you expect to go a little bit earlier or maybe a little bit later? Oh, you know, uh, me as a player, when I came out of college, I considered myself, you know, uh, the top fullback in the nation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was looking forward. I remember after the first day when the draft used to be the first uh, one, two, three, uh, rounds, you know, uh, used to be all in that first day, and I didn't go. And I was like real, you know, uh, devastated by that, you know, and upset with that because the guy uh, had to consider playing fullback but moving running back. He got drafted in the second round, so I thought it was like third round I would have went. So I was a little mm-hmm. mad, but, you know, that morning I got up for the fourth round and, you know, got that call from Ozzie Newsom, man, and changed my life, you know, for the rest, me and my family's life for the rest of my life. So I was just blessed to go anywhere. I was just trying my best to get drafted you know, and, and get in the NFL and make an impact. Yeah, you were, as you mentioned there, you were, you know, touted as the as the top fullback in the draft. So, you know, you mentioned there one of the other guys uh, changed position and went as a as a halfback rather than the fullback. And, uh, you know, was that something afterwards that you regretted or had you thought about changing that prior to the draft? You know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I was always up for, you know, especially after the big year I had after my second year. It's like uh, after that year, they wanted to move me primarily back to full red because Ray Rice was coming along, which yeah. I didn't have a problem with that because he's a he is an awesome talent. You know, he's an awesome talent when he first came in and his second year he just took off and both of us went to the Pro Bowl that year together. You know, but you know, I wanted to do that. I still want to do it. I'm training right now. You know, I I, I know I said I this past year, you know, not having an opportunity yeah. to uh, you know, play again, but I'm still training right now, day in, day out. Uh, preparing myself, you know, for another opportunity to finish it in the league like I should. So I'm trying to do whatever I can to get back into that role of being that fullback slash halfback slash whatever they want me to be, special team player, and just trying to end the thing the, uh, the way it's supposed to. Yeah, often it's just about getting that opportunity to get a place on a roster and then see what we can do. We're going to talk in a few moments about the Super Bowl, and no man knows better about getting an opportunity than Legarrette Blount. You know, we, we know he got cut by the Steelers, and now he's in the Super Bowl with the Patriots. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But you mentioned there just uh, the differences, maybe some of the differences in the position. Just uh, some of the listeners maybe over here in, in Europe or throughout the UK and Ireland might be newer to the game, mightn't really uh, understand the, the, the slight differences between them. Can you just give them a quick rundown of the differences in the, the halfback and the fullback position? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, fullback is the primary. I think I think the most important is more important than you know the halfback sometimes, especially when you're in front of him trying to open up holes. While yeah. you're doing whatever you can, you know, as a guy being the most physical player on the field, trying to take out any linebacker they try to touch. Pretty much, your running back. You know, a halfback is he has to be the player with the best vision on the field. And he has to see the whole field. He has to see where the extra defender come down at. He got to hit the right holes. He got to. 
He got to uh, run with all his might. You know, the only thing, it made my job easy sometimes, you know, block for guys like Ryan Matthews and, you know, Ray Rice. Just, I get on my guy, block my guy a little bit. And, you know, they pass the hole and do the hole for like a 15-yard game. <laughs> so they made my job a little bit easy, you know. But as a fullback, the main thing you have to be is physical. You have to be one of the most physical players on the field. You have to not be scared to lay it, put your hat in there, not be scared to, you know, take on blocks. You can't be scared to, you know, uh, do anything physical. You got to take care of your quarterback and especially take care of your running back because when he shines, you shine. <laughs> you mentioned there, you know, blocking for some guys like Ray Rice and that, but it's kind of the, the maybe the forgotten piece. Sometimes you don't get the, the glory maybe. You know, I'm, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, so mm-hmm. somebody like John Coon there does a fantastic job, you know, opening up holes sometimes for Eddie Lacy. And he does get the occasional carry, but it's mostly the kind of in the trenches, dirty work that he, he does. There was one play last year, uh, week 17, when Aaron Rodgers threw the, the one and touchdown against the Chicago Bears to. Uh, uh, Randall Cobb that he, he picked up a, a block on Julius Peppers who just missed Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. you know that there's the sort of thing you have to do you have to do the dirty work and it, sometimes it is a position that you don't get to get all the spotlight but it, it's a really really important role you mentioned the physicality of it I was reading some of the pieces before we came on air about you know, some interviews you've done in the past and you talked about the, the toughest hit you ever took was from James Harrison of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he, he's a big, big man. Have you? Is there is there any way of putting into words how it, uh, how it feels to get hit by somebody like James Harrison? Oh man, it's, it's unbelievable when you got a guy that when when you have when you go out on the field. I know my mentality be to do whatever I can to to knock this guy on his back, do whatever I can to make this guy night miserable. But when you have a guy on the other side like James Harrison who has that same mindset, it's going to be a long game for both of y'all. You know, because you got a guy coming coming at you hundred percent, then you coming at him hundred percent. So the clash is going to be big. And I remember that play it was on a running play. I got the ball actually. Because on blocking, you know, we, we, we went to war and blocking so many times, you know, but the hardest hit I think I ever had was I got the ball, like, on the counter play, and I cut it back side to the state front side with Lorenzo Neal, my fullback, and, man, he smoked me, man. So he, <laughs> he hit me off my two-yard runs out of the Because, you know, James Harrison, James Harrison, one of the, you know, the toughest defenders to ever play this game, man, the strongest to ever play this game, you know. So it was just a great opportunity to go there. But he gets you prepared. You know, it makes everything else. When you go against a guy like that for two games out of the year, you know, being in that division, it makes everything else going against other guys, you know, you know, cake. It makes it, makes it easy with y'all, man. I don't have James Harrison. But when you got him, you got to do extra in the weight room. You got you to do a lot of extra stuff just to get prepared for that game. Yeah, it's a position maybe that a lot of teams don't even carry fullbacks now at the moment, but you know, as you mentioned, you're trading away, trying to trying to get an opportunity, and hopefully, some team will be will be looking to pick you up this upcoming season. What's uh, the goal? As you mentioned, uh, trying to finish off, you know, finish off with another year in the league. Is that your ambition to get in, get a have a strong season? Yeah, my, yeah, that's that's my ambition. Yeah, that's that's my ambition right now. You know, right now I'm, I'm down here in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, my hometown, and. You know, I'm training two day, two times a day, man, and, and, and got my nutritionist, got, you know, pretty much everything lined up, doing whatever I can, you know, uh, to get this opportunity. You know, you only need one. You know, I only need one person to yeah. call my name and give me a workout, and, and they can see, you know, the stuff that I had. You know, some people still ask, like, what happened to LeRon McClain at Westfall and Yards and all that, because I still can do it, you know. So I'm just I'm just doing whatever I can. You know, uh, try to be a Laguerre Le- Le- Blunt, try to get there, do some things like him, man, run the ball hard, run downhill, north-south, you know, wear it down on the defense. I feel like I can do that. But, you know, my main thing is, you know, my actions got to speak louder than my words. So when the opportunity comes, I got to be ready, you know, and I will be ready. 
Yeah, you made the Pro Bowl in both 2008 and 2009, and not only did you make the Pro Bowl, you were all pros, or you were an all-pro both those times, meaning you're the best fullback in the league, so obviously the talent the build is there, and it's just about getting that opportunity to, to get another go around at it. You mentioned there Ligarit Blunt, and he's obviously a player who kind of, Marshawn Lynch as well, they're big They're big guys, bigger than your normal running back, and uh, maybe Ligarit's more in the, the fullback mode, but uh, we've seen him playing against the Indianapolis Colts, and we've seen, obviously, Marshawn Lynch, what he's done all season, you know, they have a great great physical nature mm-hmm. to the running game. They have to be two guys that you love watching uh, play the game. Oh, yeah, I love, I love like, it, you, you can have, I mean, me as a fan of running backs and a fan of big backs like myself, you, you, you wouldn't be more excited than me right now to watch these two guys <laughs> go at it, you know, this Sunday coming up, you know, versus each other, man. LeGarrette Blunt, after being released from the Steelers, how he didn't blink and got back with a great organization with the, with the Patriots, man, and he kept it rolling. Marshawn Lynch, man, no matter what, how he does in the media and everything, every time he straps it on on Sunday, man, he gives it all, and he's a terrific runner. You know, I remember I came out with, you know, Marshawn Lynch, we in the same line, you know, in the combine, getting ready for the combine mm-hmm. and everything, just to see him now, the back has how he has performed, you know, uh, up to this point, you know, and, and all the accolades and everything that he's getting from it. You know, he's a great back beast mode, and, LeGarrette Brunt speaks for itself. You know, he's a battling around getting down here. So, it's going to be an exciting game, man. You know, I, you know, to be honest, I feel sorry for the defense <laughs> as a tackle them both guys, man. And the, and the linebackers and everything. They got to tackle them guys all game. It's going to be rough. Yeah, mentioned obviously it's about the opportunity. He got the opportunity when he got traded to Seattle from uh, Buffalo. So you know it's another opportunity and another story of opportunity there. But you know you mentioned uh, the media. Uh, what's your thoughts on how Marshawn's dealing with the media? Obviously you're talking to us now, so you you don't mind talking mm-hmm. to the media. But I know Marshawn in the past has got maybe turned over a little bit by the media. That you know turn quotes on him and that. But how do you feel about that? Do you think he should just you know answer a few simple questions or? Which way should he go with it? You know, you know, you know, you know, everybody, everybody has their own, you know, mindset when it comes to the media. I, I, you know, me personally, I think the media helps you, you know, especially when you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, but if you're not doing the right thing, they're gonna, you know, that was the media's for. They're gonna, they're gonna call out the wrong things and everything. But I think the thing with Marshawn Lynch, he wants to not have the focus all on him when he has a big game. He wants it to be more on the guys that help him get there. So I could really, it's like I understand where he's coming from, but my point of view is I feel like the media helps you too. You know what I'm saying? Even though sometimes they can go overboard with some things, you know, in here and there. You know, but that's their job. You know, they're, they're not telling us how to play football. You know, they're not telling us, you know, what to do on the field. So we can't tell them how to, you know, do their job. You know, so that's their job. That's what they get paid for. That's, that's how they're paying their, paying their family bills. That's how they're taking care of their kids. So, you know, you have to respect that point of it. But I do respect him as a player as for he don't want all the attention on him. He wanted to be you know, on his five team, on his on his five offensive linemen, on the receivers, on his fullback. You know, me being a fullback, I, when I read what he said today about having a praise, like that's that's big as for a fullback because you really don't get to see that unless you John Coon in, in, in Green Bay. I would love to play in Green Bay because they know all the players. You know, and John Coon gets <laughs> a lot of recognition just you know being that good of a fullback. You know, so it's uh like I said, it's like with me, it's like a win-win. You know, I, I understand where he's coming from, but also I do understand where the media's coming from also. You know, I think they help. I've been, ever since I've been in the league, man, you know, the media's done, you know, they said some good things about me, they said some bad things about me, but it's me, you know, as a person, you know, to know how I feel and how I carry myself so all the bad stuff can stay, you know, where it is, and they they talk nothing but great about me. 
You mentioned as well you feel sorry for the, the linebackers, the, the defensive lines for going up against these two guys on Sunday, but just a question from your point of view, is there any other defences, if you could pick one over the other, who would you who would you think that you would be better run against if you had to field this Sunday? Oh, man. You know, just, just overall looking at the, the defences and how Green Bay moved the ball up and down the field on Seattle, you know, as secondary-wise, I think, I think I, I had to give it to Seattle just as a whole, just all their players with yeah. the faces that they have. But as and as front seven, they have fast linebackers, but they're small. So I know Patriots are going to try to do whatever they can to, you know, you know, stop the run and and, and bulk up. You got Will Fork in the middle, you know. So it's, 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 I really don't know who to choose because it's, it's crazy that they have a great defense, they have great corners, and Seattle has, you know, great defense, great corners, great safeties, you know, and everything. You know, I think it's, I think a game like this comes down to. Execution. Uh, when when a blitz is called, do you get that sack? Or when when the long pass is called, who's going to make the big play? Is Seattle going to make the big play, or as in catching the ball or intercepting, and vice versa for the Patriots? It's all about you know the game plans right now. You know what's 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 going on right now in practice. You know these days leading up to the Super Bowl is crucial for both of these teams. So both of the teams are good. You know, great defense, great offense. Seattle moves the ball well. You know, the Patriots score and, you know, leaving the boom. You know, it's just so much in the Super Bowl that's so much exciting about it. You got Brady versus the young Russell Wilson, who beat Payne Manning last year. You know, two great running backs. You know, uh, then the secondary. You know, you got Reavers and Bert Sherman, who the best corner. You know, it's exciting. Like, I'm so excited about this Super Bowl than any other one because just not how even they are, just how good both teams are. So you really don't know who to choose. And who's going to win is going to come down to that game plan the coaches put together and execution on both sides of the ball. And I can hear that you're saying it's going to be a tough one to pick, but I'm going to put you on the spot. And uh, if you had to put, <laughs> if you had to make a call now, uh, Loran, yeah. which way are we going on this one? <laughs> I'm going. If I had to make a call right now, I'm going with Seattle. Seattle. I like, like Marshawn in that running game and that defense. I just like, I like them corners. I think they'll, they'll make. I think they'll make the plays in the, in the passing game that the Patriots won't make. And just before we finish up, um, you're, you're cousins with Cowboys defensive back Rolando McLean. He had quite a season this year, possible comeback player of the year. And Do you talk with uh, Rolando much? Oh, man, man, Rolando, great guy, man. Just all that adversity that he had to go to. And I'm so proud of him at the point where he at now. He with a great organization in Dallas Cowboys. You know, the only thing he needed was opportunity, man. And, and, and Jerry Jones, you know, gave him an opportunity, man. And when he's on the field, when he's healthy, when he's doing his thing, He's probably one of the top inside linebackers or probably the top inside linebacker in his league. It's just how the way that he played, man. Just all praise for him, you know, and, he, and he's, he's building on that. I mean, he's becoming a better man every day, you know, and uh, just number of praise, you know, number, number of blessings to him, you know, and his family and everything that he got going on. And, and they have a great linebacker in Orlando, man. And, you know, sky's the limit for him. And he's still young, man. And he's still moving around fast and making plays, so. And I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. Hopefully next year I'll be on the other side with him, <laughs> trying to come in and block him, lay him on his back a few times. <laughs> he he uh, made some great plays this year uh, throughout the season, but you know I mentioned he he's possibly going to be the comeback player of the year when the awards are handed out this weekend. But you know uh, maybe next season, maybe around this time, we could be talking to you again, and maybe all of you uh, hopefully going for a comeback player of the year award if all things go well. You oh man, that'll be that'll be that'll be great, man. I'm praying for it. And I'm working <laughs> hard, man. I tell you that, and I just got in from workout since 8 o'clock this morning, so I've been getting it in all day, man. I'm just looking forward to the opportunity. And just can't to, wait, man, to uh, get back on that field. 
And just uh, before we finish up, you can find Laurent on Twitter. It's at Laurent underscore McLean33 on Twitter. And uh, just uh, give you the opportunity. Is there anything else while you're on that you want to give a do you want to give a plug to? Oh no, man! You know, just I appreciate. I just appreciate you know y'all just having me on, man. Just giving the opportunity to even just speak, you know, uh, to the people that listen to your podcast, man. I, I would love to get back on or anything or anything that uh, y'all have for me in the near future, man. I just appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so much great to be uh, talking to y'all, man. So much great stuff to talk about. Uh, You know, I was skipping over topics, leaving things out because I didn't want to hold you too long. And fantastic stuff to talk about about the fullback position, the differences between. We've had a lot of running backs on, first fullback on. As I mentioned, two-time All-Pro. Great getting some of your thoughts on the on the Super Bowl in particular. Maybe in the off season, maybe a bit more, uh, bit more downtime between games. And that obviously we'll have a lot of time to fill up. Maybe we'll get you back on then and talk through uh, some of your career and hopefully as you're progressing to try and get onto our roster uh, as uh, OTAs and everything comes up. So best luck to you this off season. Hope the the training's going well. Hopefully we'll see you back next season on the on the NFL field. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, man. And have a blessed day. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. So once again, DJ, thanks to Russell and Laurent for coming on the show. Hopefully you'll give them a follow on Twitter, check out some of their great stuff they're doing. Uh, always fun getting different perspectives on the show. Both guys are really, really interesting to talk to. And of course, uh, just there when we went into the interview with Russell at the start, DJ, there was the sounder that was dropping it as, want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? Well, there is only one game in town, but DJ wants to know who's going to win it. Unfortunately, we don't have a time machine, but this uh, time next week, DJ will certainly know who the Super Bowl champion is and... Uh, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, Colm, I'm hoping that the only thing Richard Sherman's holding on Sunday may be his new child. And there's been a lot of talk coming out of Seattle. They've been talking about everything other than the game. Earl Thomas whinging a bit, been tested for growth hormones because he came back early from injury. Richard Sherman's talking, will his wife or his partner have the baby during the game, before the game, after the game? All absolute... Irrelevant issues, yet another relevant issue. And Pete Cairns already getting his whinging in before the game even starts, trying to imply that the refs made a bad or didn't signal an ineligible player in the AFC title game. I don't know what he'd rather face the Indianapolis Colts. He probably would. Does he want to face Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? I would say certainly not. Does he want to face Gronk? No. Is there going to be a story come Sunday? Well... Obviously there will be, but hopefully it's going to be a story of a victorious Patriots team winning yet another Super Bowl. Hopefully I'll be back on Monday's podcast. (laughs) And uh, there you got DJ's thorough round of the news from a very pro Seattle Seahawks (laughs) view there. DJ, I'm going to be the moderator here and I'm going to try and say that um, obviously Sherman, uh, the news of uh, him expecting a child, one way or another, he'll be playing uh, this Sunday. I don't think that's going to take too much effect. I think they're going to they expect it to be after the Super Bowl. So I think Sherman's going to be there. It's more of a case of his uh, elbow and the, the rumoured damaged ligaments that is uh, an issue for him, I think, this Sunday rather than that. But I'm sure it'll be in the back of his mind to be thinking about it. And obviously it'll be a proud moment for anyone uh, waiting the, the birth of a child. But DJ, lots of stuff going on. Obviously we have Marshawn Lynch. I talked to both the guys about that there, you know, it's kind of. I, I I think he should just talk to the media and get over it. But I suppose he's had his issues in the past. But maybe if he answered a few simple questions, it would just uh, you know ease <laughs> ease some of the media attention around him and things like that there. But DJ Fire Alarm Gate has uh, started up. We all <laughs> we talked on Monday's podcast about the fire alarm going off. Well, we have another fire alarm, and uh, maybe the Seattle Seahawks have been around to the, the Patriots' hotel rooms. Yeah, come. You mentioned 
Marshawn Lynch there, maybe he's doing all his talking by pulling him down on firearms in the Patriots Hotel. I don't know. He gave a shout-out to a few people. So if you haven't already seen Marshawn Lynch's final press conference before the Super Bowl, I'll give you the Irish version. So shout-out to Overtime Ireland. <laughs> shout-out to everybody in Ireland. Shout-out to everybody in Europe. All NFL fans. Shout-out to everybody. Yes, no, shout-out, yeah. <laughs> Everyone got a shout out there. Shout out again. Yeah, I think Marshawn Lynch pretty much was the only things he really said was shout out and he kept looking at his phone telling the media how long they had left and that he didn't really worry about them when he went home and I really don't see why he would be. He's probably too busy playing Madden and trying to run the ball with himself. Yeah, DJ, as well, you know, we talk about the, the MVP of the Super Bowl depending on the winning team, obviously, the Seattle Seahawks. If they win it, you're looking at the likes of Russell Wilson, probably, maybe Marshawn Lynch, maybe one of the defensive players. If there's a big day on the defensive side of the ball for Seattle, then you have, uh, obviously, the Patriots. You're looking at Gronk or probably Tom Brady if they do win it. But, you know, there's some un- unorthodox uh, people there. Is there anyone in particular you might take a, take a guess on that there Patriots team if uh, they do win the Super Bowl that maybe taking home that MVP trophy for the for the for the Patriots and I'll I'll have a go then after for the Seattle Seahawks being the being the moderator here. Yeah, Colin going on last year's Super Bowl, it could be somebody like Nate Solder or Vince Wilfark or something ridiculous like that. I don't think anybody <laughs> guessed the man that ended up winning it last year. I can't even remember yeah, his name Malcolm the, Smith. Malcolm Smith. Guarantee you no man had money on Malcolm Smith being the MVP. Not even Malcolm Smith would have done it himself. <laughs> he would have got an extra payday, but that's beside the point. I th- really think if it comes down to it and the Patriots do end up winning the Super Bowl, probably will go to Tom Brady or Gronk or maybe the Garrett Blunt will just steamroll through whoever's making the decision like he did the Colts defense. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. You know, I'd say there's a chance, you know, I mentioned obviously Brady and Gronk are going to be the favourites for it. I think there's a chance that uh, Gronk, DJ, Patriots are going to win here as a big day. But guys as well, like maybe Julian Edelman, you know, could have a big day. Maybe Danny Amendola, he's picked up DJ in the last five or six games, as I've mentioned a few times in the podcast. You might get something like that. Maybe if Edelman catches a touchdown, passes for a touchdown again, you know, as we've seen against the, the Baltimore Ravens, maybe something comes off that. Or maybe a guy like Darrell Rivas, who... You know, didn't have as many uh, interceptions maybe as some people would like to see him having, but he had a, he had a nice season all around, and uh, maybe he is a big game here. Someone like Jamie Collins, who I, I think has been tremendous over the last basically eighteen months, um, I'd like to you know put his name forward probably. But it, it's a tough one picking uh, Super Bowl MVPs. You know, if, if it's a big day kicking, maybe a kicker gets it. I don't know if a kicker's ever got an MVP in the Super Bowl, but. You know, guys like uh, Bruce Irvin, DJ, or Cam Chancellor, you know, names are starting to get really well-known, and Cam Chancellor likes to do a lot of hitting, and uh, I think, you know, maybe Gronkowski could be in for a shot or two over the middle. He set the tone last year in the Super Bowl against the, the Denver Broncos with that early hit on Jul- or Demarius Thomas. So, you know, there's lots of things. The one thing I think about this game, DJ, a lot of people are saying it's going to be tight the whole way through. I think there's going to be a tone set early on. We'll know how this game's going to develop, and... No, it'll be interesting to see if some team does score in that first quarter, get a touchdown early on, how the game develops. Obviously, you know, if there's a low score in first quarter, maybe two field goals or something, that the, the game goes along at a slow pace. But things can uh, elevate quickly if you start getting a few scores on the board, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping for a, for an entertaining high-scoring game, but, you know, 
when I'm when I'm looking at it with my head, I, I can see a low-scoring game happening because I do like both defenses. So it's going to be an interesting one. I can't see, as I mentioned with Russell uh, Baxter, I can't see Russell Wilson having a game like he did against the, the Packers. You know, those four interceptions. I think Russell mentioned was that he had seven interceptions all year, but he did take up a point about that Russell has been fumbling the ball. And each fumble, I think he lost 13 fumbles during the season, DJ, each one of them the Seahawks recovered. So that may be an element that the Patriots try and you know, it's hard to force fumbles, but maybe try and do so, trying to get a little bit of pressure on Russell Wilson. It's going to be interesting, I think, if they do like the Packers did at the start of that game, stop the, the read option really by slowing down Marshawn Lynch's running game and then uh, stopping Wilson trying to scramble. And he mentioned as well that the, the Seahawks stayed with that running game, so I think that'll be key for the Seahawks. It's going to be it's going to be a fascinating game. It's one that I do I am finding it very hard to call. My, my heart's kind of saying, just siding with you on the show, kind of saying Patriots and then heads almost in Seattle Seahawks after what they've done last year and how good their defense has been over the last couple of years it's it's really really up in the air for me but we mentioned there DJ the possible MVPs see now uh, obviously how do you think the game is definitely going to go do you think uh, the Patriots go win this easy Tom Brady's the MVP everyone's happy after deflate gate and so on or what do you see happening maybe Bill Belichick has a mastermind of a uh, game plan here and Bill Belichick for some unknown reason which is virtually uh, impossible and cannot be done get some sort of an award for being the, the best coach in the Super Bowl Colm it really is a game that's going to be hard to call I'm hoping that it is a close game and if it's not a close game I'm hoping it's a blowout for the Patriots but <laughs> it's really going to be you know can the Patriots stop Marshawn Lynch can the Seahawks stop Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady and I think if Russell Wilson has any kind of game like he did against the Packers, it's going to be a Patriots when I think the Packers failed to really capitalize on Russell Wilson's mistakes. And But as you say, he probably won't have a game like that. And maybe it might be Russell Wilson's turn to have the horror start to the game with a <laughs> ball over the top. Or, you know, I'll be quite happy, Colin, if the game finishes 2-0 thanks to safety in the last minute for, you know, Darrell Rivas or... Vince Wall, Wilfork falling on Russell Wilson. As long as the Patriots get the win, I'm really not too concerned about the scoreline. Yeah, DJ seems to be predicting this uh, a, re- a repeat of last year's game. We mentioned that on uh, Monday's podcast too, DJ, with the, the botch snapped at the start of it. I can't see that happening again, but stranger things have happened. Uh, you know, it might, it might happen again. But DJ, we haven't mentioned the main news of Super Bowl week. We haven't mentioned the main story, and that, of course, is Katy Perry's uh, press conference about the, the halftime show. And uh, yeah. Maybe we'll just pass by that, will we? You know, Colin, there's a number of stories this week. Katy Perry was one of them. Obviously, Gron- obviously Gronk was given a, a few renditions of his song. Maybe he gets up at halftime for a, for a duet with Katy, maybe. Uh, what's the betting on that? Yeah, Colin would say you're the man in the book and the bookie industry, but I can safely say there's probably no bookmaker in the world <laughs> offering odds on that. And if they are, you're just looking to hand them free money. But you mentioned Gronk there and... It's on the NFL website, so I may as well mention it. It's not their headline, but I'm going to use my headline of America's Dumbest Criminals. Trial started this week. Former NFL player played for one of the teams in the Super Bowl. Not going to mention it. Everybody knows who he is. Officially America's Dumbest Criminal, in my opinion. Also, Josh Gordon fired back at critics, Colm. Thankfully, Josh Gordon was firing words and not... <laughs> Something else, but we'll not get into that. He explained the nature of his failed blood test. He said, or failed alcohol test, sorry. He kind of said that he hasn't, he hadn't had a drink for a long period of time, was on a private jet with 
some teammates had two drinks, was just over the official limit, and when he landed at his destination was told that he had to submit to a test within four hours and ultimately failed that test. Yeah. Reading his letter, I think it's a bit harsh on Josh Gordon. I never really thought I would say that. He knew the rules, but still, I think when it wasn't during the season, it shouldn't have had a major effect. Yeah, well, Josh Gordon, obviously, when he failed the last test uh, for marijuana as well, so he, he was just over the limit. So his habit had just been over the limit. But, you know, uh, you know, I came down a bit hard on him on the, the first show of the week. But when you look at it, DJ, it's a bit strange that he just happened to get off a flight and was told that he had to go within four hours and, you know, some of the, some of the drug tests. But that, these things happen to the, you know, professional athletes. But the thing that I took away from it was that he said in the rules off his last uh, spell on the sidelines when he came back you know whatever agreement they had in place that he said that it only stood up to the end of the season that he couldn't uh, drink any alcohol I suppose maybe the NFL could say the season doesn't end too Sunday but you know that that was the part I took away from it that maybe he thought the Cleveland Browns season had finished and that there wasn't part of the agreement anymore but we'll see what happens going forward still fully expected that he's going to miss you know a year on on the field but you mentioned DJ before that also too obviously Aaron Hernandez trial and you know this is something that it was a major point when we started in the podcast it was around the time of that that it came out but you know, when you look at it now, did you to think that a, a man that was playing in the Super Bowl the last time the Patriots got to it and, uh, you know, is up now for murder of three different people? It, it's absolutely incredible. You almost forget about it. You know, these things seem to get uh, pushed aside. They're a big talking point for a period of time and you forget about it. But when you think about the Aaron Hernandez situation, it is just absolutely incredible what has happened and, you know, how he got the contract from the Patriots and so on and so forth. It's kind of, I see on NFL.com, there's since a lesson to teams about how they deal with players and that going forward. But, you know, just a, an absolutely incredible thing that happened and uh, obviously a very sad uh, situation for any of the people that were involved in it. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, the trial is coming up now and we'll touch on it in the show in the, in the coming weeks as it goes along. But, you know, it's not going to be the, the biggest talking points we're going to because we're going to try and stick to things about football. But uh, obviously out there as well. But DJ, I suppose we'll, we'll start to get towards finishing up now. And we have the uh, Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, as I think we might have mentioned on this show. What, uh, what is your uh, prediction for it? Um, going for maybe a score or else just predicting the win? I'm gonna I'm not going to put you under too much pressure. Have to go with the Patriots win. Column it is going to be nerve-wracking and, you know, the Seahawks are a team. I probably would rather face the Packers and I'm sure you're not happy to hear that, but <laughs> that's just the way it is. I'd be more fail- fearful of Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch, but hopefully Richard Sherman doesn't get near any balls thrown by Tom Brady. Patriots win. So did you go in there for the, the subtle Patriots win? As I mentioned earlier, I kind of have the feeling that uh, I think I'm going to be rooting for the Patriots to win, but I have a feeling that it's just something about Seattle. Obviously, they won it last year. They've got back there this year again, and you know a lot of people seem to be picking them for a victory. But I'm going to go. We'll go both men on the on the Patriots bandwagon on this one. DJ, I'll jump aboard. Toot toot, all aboard the Patriots bandwagon. Kind of down to the fact too that uh, you know if Seattle do win this, I'll be haunted by the fact that Green Bay should have bet Seattle, and then Seattle went on and won the Super Bowl. So. Maybe that's another another element of it. DJ, I haven't mentioned uh, anything about Super Bowl parties, but uh, hopefully anyone that's going to Super Bowl parties this weekend will have a great time, enjoy themselves. As always, I suppose, try and keep yourself out of trouble, but enjoy the game and uh, have a lot of fun. It's going to be a, a good, good night. It's always a night, too, for people who don't watch the game. You know, It could be a forced night for some people uh, to get into the sport, so it's always a good time to, to help grow the game. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching the game, getting uh, quite a few beverages in and uh, having a lot of fun, so looking forward to that. As I mentioned, DJ, to start the show, we're having a competition this weekend with Football America UK. They're giving us a NFL Wilson game ball, an authentic game ball, and it's going to be 
given away this weekend on at Overtime Ireland, our Twitter feed, so do stay tuned to that. Make sure you're entering. It's going to be a follow and retweet combination. Already following us. Don't worry about it. Just make sure you retweet. No limit on entries. Each retweet will count as an entry. And, of course, we'll do the draw after the Super Bowl uh, for whoever wins the ball. So looking forward to giving that away. It's a fantastic ball. And thanks again, once again, to Football America UK. Their website is footballamerica.co.uk. And their Twitter handle is at FAmericaUK. So do give them a follow and uh, check out the great products they have there on their website if you're playing American football, if you're in around the sport, or maybe you just want to get some game balls, maybe you want to have some fun playing the game with your friends in the backyard, they have everything covered there for you, so that's footballamerica.co.uk. DJ wrapping things up, I suppose we'll have a correct score competition, probably DJ too, for uh, the Super Bowl, as we've been doing all season, giving away a few t-shirts, so that there coming up as well on the Ad Overtime Ireland Twitter feed, but really out to that, DJ, uh, not much left to say other than... I'm Colm. And I'm DJ. And until after the Super Bowl, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.